Can you build your art brick by brick when no, when everybody's laughing at you, you know? And so for me, that's part of how I was able to, to rewrite my story. I was able to build my art in the midst of family and friends. She's crazy. She's trying to go to college. She got those kids. She's but I just kept building because I remember what I heard God told me and showed me. Hey, I'm Ronia Sakata, founder of the Joy Academy and queen of joy. That's how my friends call me. It's so important to me that my life is full of joy and that I enjoy every moment because I know how fast it could be over. We can do so many things to bring joy in our lives, to create joy. And that's what this podcast is all about. I talk with people and they tell me how they bring joy to their everyday life and how they create a life full of joy. So let's dive right in and please tell me after the episode what your takeaway is from this talk. Welcome Dr. Latarsha Holden in my podcast. I'm so happy to have you here and I just told you you're my first guest who I never ever met before. It's now like really the connection because of this wonderful internet, which makes it possible to connect Atlanta and Zurich in a talk. Awesome. Welcome. Who are you? What do you do? What brings you joy? And how do you create joy? That's my first question. And we start from here. Okay, awesome. Power pack question. I am Dr. Latarsha Holden. I'm an inspirational speaker, um, 13 time published author, comic book creator. And so um, it, it was okay, your name, what you are, um, and what brings me joy? Spreading hope. I look for little ways to do humanitarian work. I believe you don't have to have a whole lot of money to bless others. So I have this thing I call Dear Mama, where I treat three women out to lunch monthly. I just randomly choose people, send them cash app and say lunch is on me. Oh, so wow. I just find, yeah, so I'm just so finding- go in a way. restaurant and say lunch is on no, me, lunch is no, on me. No, I, I might just, uh, people I've met or if they're single moms or they, I might just run and say, hey, if I see you on social media, hey, can you send me a cash app? And it's not much. Might treat, you know, $15 here for lunch. Then I might choose somebody else. It's just little ways I find joy and blessing and loving and showing compassion. So that's what makes me joyful when I can find little ways to just do something for someone else. I'm sure you have a ton more. We will get to, yes. we will get to that. <laughs> When you when you start your day, I'm sure you have some rituals and and like pro tips to start off your day in a good mood or how do you start your day? Well, first I start with prayer and then I go off um, read scripture. I have my morning meditation. So I'm big on reflection. I'm big on reflecting time, kind of get my mindset ready for the day, you know, get my Everything on point, what book I'm going to read, just kind of more of a, I'm at a peaceful journey. I raised six children. So my children from 18 to 31. So now I'm just taking all that love I put into everyone else. I'm 48. I've just, and now I'm just pouring it into me. Wow. And so I'm at a good peaceful place. And so I'm just, just trying to embody peace so I can exude that out. Could you? Did you do that when you had your six little children around or was it just not possible? Because I think that's like the level, you know, in a game, like <laughs> level 27 is, uh, is, is open when you stay peaceful with a lot of kids around. But maybe you handled that too. Did you? Or how did you do that? Well, I used to escape um, with reading. So reading was my escape time, you know, and so... Yeah, I always found time to incorporate peace. And so I'm an avid reader. Um, and so that was be my, even when the kids was little, I would just have a block time or wait till they go to bed. I had everybody was on schedule by 830. Everyone was in bed. So reading was my way of just but it's at a different level now. Of course, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm sitting here. I can't believe I raised six kids. I can't believe everybody's grown. And I'm just 48, you know, so it's like, wow. So it's a different serene feeling than it was when everyone was little. But now you're like celebrating it. You're not like, oh, everybody.
everybody is gone. I'm so lonely. <laughs> no, no. I had my first child before a week before my 17th birthday. Wow. And I had four kids by the time I was 22. So now, right about now, I am enjoying the peace, the quiet, just, just me time. Me time. That's yeah. that's something I need so much. And I only have one kid, you know. That's <laughs> I can't imagine having six kids, but I really, really know that the the beauty behind me time. It's like, oh, that's just the best. Yes, yes. So how do you spend your day after bringing in peace, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I start, um, like I said, I'm an inspirational speaker. So this is my first year been a uh, starting a business, Phoenix Rising, as you see the sign behind Phoenix Rising. So I started a business um, where I'm inspirational speaking, facilitating workshops. So now I'm concentrating more on that, you know, um, booking speaking gigs, um, interviews on different platforms to, to promote my new books, my comic book, which came out back in June of this year. Can so you show like, it to us? Do you have it handy? Yes, yes. Just Please. give me two seconds. Let me pull it out. My, I my mean, 13 here. times. You are incredible. So this is my comic book. Um, the Light the, the light Share Rule Christian comic book. I created this in April when the world went on lockdown. I wanted a creative way to encourage people that God is still with us. So this is my first one. So I'm and excited. You an illustrator or you're painting yourself? No, I had an illustrator. Okay. Yeah. You're the writer yeah, so I, and you had an illustrator. Yes. Yes. So that, that was definitely um, a joy for me. Just to see the pictures, my, my creation, creation come to life with the illustrations. It was definitely a joy. And and how about your other? What about your other books? Are there like is there a theme over the over the years or? Um, no, actually, my books are. So we have. Let me see. I have a couple of them here. So we have my first children. I have four children's books. So we have a children's book, my life story, which came out no longer lost from homelessness to overcomer. I am Georgia and national mother of the year for twenty twenty. Wow. And you have to tell a, me about that journey afterwards. Yes. As a leader, I just released my first leadership book for leaders in uh, emerging leaders in ministry and marketplace. And so I got a host. So I have four children's book, um, a 60 page training manual to do workshops out of um, four part youth series that deal with sex trafficking, teen bullying. I mean, bullying, teen dating, violence, love and forgiveness a book for ministry. So it's all kind of different genres. And and you just like the inspiration hits you and then you think, let's write that book right away. Or is it like you, you wrote several books parallel or how do you, how do you manage to write so many books? And well, you know what? You I think it's some six children. So like, when did you do this all? Oh my goodness. Um, I wrote 12 books within a year and a half. So for me, you said it, when the inspiration hits, I only write, uh, I'm a community advocate. So I write when the inspiration hit, everything is specific. My four children's book teaches children on kindness, diversity, friendship, and spreading joy. Then my four youth series, you know, I'm trying to reach the, the middle age kids from 11 to 14. That's why I wrote on teen dating violence, bullying, sex trafficking. So I'm choosing issues Part of who I am, being a community advocate, I use writing as a source to advocate. As an ordained minister, I wrote a book for ministers. As a servant leader, I wrote a book on leadership. So it's all about a part of who I am, I write in that area. Which one is your favorite? Do you have a favorite book? I, um, I know favorite child questions, that's that's, <laughs> that's stupid, but favorite book questions, I think that's okay. Yes, yeah, okay. You know what? I think my personal life story, um, to go, because no longer lost within the last 10, 12 years, I went from being homeless in the streets of Atlanta with six children. I was uneducated and I had very little work history and I was 35 years old. So by the grace of God, I was able to change the trajectory of my life. So within the last 10 years, 
I went from being homeless to running for city council in the 2017 election, from a GED to a doctor degree in leadership studies. Now I'm a 13 time published author and a creator of a comic book, and I've successfully raised my six children. So it was the last 10 years has been busy, to wow. say the least. And what what brought the change? You said with the grace of God, but what does that mean? And if if somebody is not like God is, is something, yeah, like I don't believe in God. How did you do that? How what what would you tell them? Yeah, just just like share this story in your way with God and everything included. I think that's the beauty of having different kinds of viewing the yeah. world in in the end it's kindness love and connection you know it doesn't doesn't um doesn't matter how the title of the bigger yeah. force yeah is. yeah well well for me i wasn't raised in church so i didn't know god at an early age but when i found myself homeless um with six children in the streets of atlanta I didn't really know what to do to change the trajectory. I mean, I'm just going to be real. An African-American woman, 35 years old, homeless with six children with a GED and very little work history. The statistic was packed, packed against us. I mean, there was no way literally my six children nor myself was supposed to make it out of that successful. But I remember I just knew I had to do something to save my children, to save my family. I made a vow that the streets were not going to raise my six children nor the jails was going to house them. So the journey got so hard because it's one thing when you're homeless by yourself or it's one thing when you're homeless or you're going through an ordeal for a couple of weeks, a couple of months. But what happens when your situation turned into years? So we was homeless close to four years, but the journey got so hard. I remember walking to a hospital And I told the lady, I don't, I can't do this anymore. I was thinking of suicide. And she said, ma'am, are you saying you want to kill yourself? I said, yes, that, that's what I'm saying. I was embarrassed. I didn't, I was humiliated. You know, being homeless, it's, it's, you, you're at the bottom, you know. And it was when they kept me there for that week for observation, they had a padded room on that floor. And I asked the lady, I said, ma'am, can I go into that room? She said, ma'am, you're no threat to anybody. And I said, I know, but I need to go in there. And it was in that room, I met God. <clears throat> I remember I dropped down to my knees and I just said, God, are you there? Please help me. I don't have anything. I'm lost and I'm scared. And when they released me from the hospital after a week of observation, my situation did not immediately change, but I knew something was different. And that's when I matriculated through college with my associate degree, my bachelor's, my MBA, But when I got accepted into the PhD program for leadership studies, now I did want to bungee jump up to heaven and high five my man, you know, but God was, gave me the strength to keep going. It was his grace and mercy that kept me when I wanted to give up on myself. And where did your six children stay when you went to this hospital? Um, I, you know, I, I'm thinking probably my mom or dad that 12 years ago, I, Somebody came and got there. At that time, I had two kids in high school, two kids in middle school, and two kids in elementary. And so, but the thing how I saved my six children, how, how they became successful, I came to them. I said, well, I don't have a lot to offer you guys materially. I mean, I was a poor black woman in a big city. But I, don't, I, I didn't have nothing to offer my kids but two things, to love you unconditionally. And I wanted to teach them how to serve at our lowest. I believe as a servant leader myself, that if I can show you how to give back now when we don't have anything, I've given you a strong foundation to build on to become great leaders. Well, Ron, Ron, how you, Ron, Ronya, Ronya, Ronya. Yes. My six children turned around, although they complained, they grumbled, especially the older four, they turned around, became leaders themselves. My oldest son is 31. He came to me his senior in high school and said, Mother, my way of giving back by what you showed me is join the United States Marine Corps. He served 10 and a half years. He's medically retired. Now he's a second year college student. Another son became a caretaker. My daughter said, my way of giving back is going to the medical field. She's an EMT, a licensed pharmacy tech, and she's in her second year in college. Another daughter said, Mom, my way of giving back by what you showed me only with the little key that I had to give my children. 
she went into the um, army two years ago and she just graduated with her bachelor's in May. My 19 year old daughter is a four time published author, spoken word artist, and she's an entrepreneur. And my youngest son, he just turned 18 in August. His name is Omega. Omega is the last and the end. There's no more coming after him. He's a senior in high school, youth leader, athlete. And for me, as a servant leader, I believe leadership starts in-house. And then God will propel you out into the world. Oh, that's so beautiful. I have goosebumps because <laughs> it's really what counts in any household, if you have so much money and no love and no, yes. if you only have conditional love, like if you do that, then I love you. That's, yes. it doesn't help any money help if you don't have these values. Yes. Wow. Congratulations. Do you, <laughs> do you like honor this, what you did enough or, or do I think you hardly believe to. it or? I think I'm beginning to, when I became Georgia Mother of the Year by American Mothers Inc., there's a national organization. When I became, when they chose me to represent the state of Georgia, well, this organization, American Mothers Inc., is an 85-year-old organization. And so they choose, nominations come in around the world for, um, they, they recognize a mother who's doing extraordinary things in their city and national, you know, and then out of that, choose one lady from all those nominations to represent each state. So I represent the state of Georgia. But then out of the people they chose to represent the individual state, they choose one of us to make National Mother of the Year. And I was chosen to be National Mother of the Year, wow. which I just made United States history as the 85th woman to ever hold that title. Wow. So I think with that, I'm just now realizing what just happened. You know, because I've been the last 10 years to, to, to six kids, school, and I ran for, I'm a former political candidate. Now I'm just having a breathe of like, what just happened? And I'm just kind of soaking everything in now. How did you know about the nomination? Because there are a lot of awards out there, but you have to like sign in for having the chance of being nominated. Did somebody push you or did you, did you choose yourself? Like, I want to be nominated. No, somebody chose me. Somebody nominated me. And so, like I said, they get, million, I mean, thousands of nominations from different states. And I guess they read over whatever somebody wrote. Then they check to see if it's true that you are who you are. And I was notified that I was chosen to rep. But when I got the call that I'm National Mother of the Year, they did in a surprising way. They called me, one of the board members, and she was like, oh, yeah, we just want to ask you some more. And I'm like, what did I do? She said, just be on this Zoom call. We just want to, the board members want to ask you some more questions. And it was like 20 people board, every, you know, and they even had surprise. My kids was on it, in on it. And so my kids was there. And that's when I was told that I was chosen to be national mother, to represent the millions of mothers around the world for 2020. Oh, that just blessed my heart. But you, you don't need the award to know what you did, right? You, you know it yourself. Yeah, but you know, I, I think for me, God has a way of letting, sometimes you don't know, you know, yeah. sometimes you, you, you just in the, 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 you just doing what you believe as a mother, you should do, you know? So it's, it's, it, it's an honor for me. I think I, that absolutely was an honor, but yeah. like, Without the award, you would know I did all this. But with the award, it's even, it's just like beautiful. Yeah, yeah. But your it's, accomplishments it's, are not now more because of the award. Accomplishments stay anyway, like they are. Yes. They are here. Yes, yes. And you know, raising kids in the perfect circumstances is hard enough. And you did it in hard circumstances. So, oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, really, that's just so beautiful. I think... And that's what you, and when you ask children, like, what are your memories? They don't see like that there was not a fancy house. They see, yes. or they remember the love and the connection, even between the siblings. That's so beautiful. If you manage to, to create the, the magic within the family. And, and, and it was hard. I mean, mentally I was, I was spread thin. I mean, like you said, is 
to keep, I had not only to keep myself motivated, keep myself going, because I was a full-time student. I also, even though my children saw me depressed, they saw me crying, they, 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 you know, they knew the family laughed at me. I was a joke to the family. So they saw the humiliation. They saw, but they never saw me give up. And I think that's what gave them the strength in their own personal endeavors to keep going. So your, your face is glowing when you talk about your children. Let's focus again on yourself. Like <laughs> what brings you joy and the peace? You know, you were talking about the morning, about speaking. I bet you, you love speaking in, in front of audiences and see the sparks in the, in the audience. <laughs> How do you do that now when it's all online? Is it the same or is it just different or... Um, it's different. You know, I'm, I, I, I went international as an international speaker this weekend when I spoke. The opportunity was open to me to speak to college students in India. And so to see the reaction from people around the world, um, it, it just warms my heart that I'm giving people hope that they're seeing if God can do it with you, because I, the different dynamics to be, because uh, in your mid thirties, you're pretty much set where you're at. I mean, mentally, unless God just come in and, you know, so for me, it's just a hope is, is the hope, but I, I can't wait till we go back to where I can actually physically talk to people, give people hugs and actually sign the books in person. But I'm just enjoying what I'm at. I have learned how to enjoy the journey as the journey goes progresses along. Where did you learn public speaking? Because do you know that the number, I think it's based on America, this um, this number, the number one fear in America is public speaking. And the second fear is dying. So it's yeah. like more than dying. The fear is bigger <laughs> than dying. I think that's so, so interesting. And, and wow, did you, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I was at, in a workshop um, from Bo Eason. He's a storyteller okay. professional. And he told us that, or maybe Brandon Bouchard, these two guys, I went to America to see them okay. live. So um, yeah, I always find it so, because I love to speak on stage too, but mm. I was teaching in a school for 12 years. So that gave me some practice, okay. you know, okay. in front of teenagers like this. <laughs> I, I, I can talk in front of any audience because of that. Exactly. <laughs> but how did you get into it? And how do you, did you love it? all the way or you you learned it or how how about your journey as a public speaker um you know i, I always had um love for people and I, i'm not a person that talks to be talking so for me when i'm speaking i'm speaking from a heart of love and compassion you know some I, i'm not a speaker that just want to hear my own self so i'm going with something i believe is powerful to change to help to aid people to change the narrative for their lives. I'm an ordained pastor. So that, that helps as well, you know, preaching and, and speaking in pulpits. But it's my love for people. Is is I know that I'm coming to deliver a message of hope and inspiration, which that gives me joy. That gives me joy knowing I'm speaking from a place of love and compassion for people. And so that just, that, that brings me joy to be able to make that connection with others. And, and you just started and then it grew and grew this passion or you loved it right away or you did some training in public speaking? Like if, if somebody is listening now, like, oh, I want to do that too, but I can't. What, do we do, what would you tell a person like that? Um, yeah, I, I did take classes in school um, when I was in college for speaking. I joined Toastmasters for a brief about six months. But but for me, I believe what helps. Now, I still get nervous. I think that first three to five minutes when you got a room full of new people looking at you, you know, but once you start in your message and you know your message is not something is you're trying to deliver value. You're trying for me. It just helped ease you know, I'm an introvert. So, so speaking, it, it makes me nervous, but I know I'm like, a, um, I became like a hermit because I've been through so much. It's almost like I'm a hermit. I read, I study, I meditate. So when I fill myself up, I believe whatever God opens the door up for me to go and speak, 
I'm on an assigned mission. That's an assignment for me. You know, he's he has summons me to go and deliver a message. And so part of that makes me feel comfortable. Like, okay, it's a reason why I'm here. Is somebody here needs to hear what I have to say. And so, but I'd be nervous that first two to three minutes, you'd be, you know, still a little jittery because you got all these eyes watching you, but you know, the reason why you're there helps calm me down. And that gives you confidence and yes. motivation to just, just do it because yes. most of the time it's our fear of failing, failing or something like that, which holds us back, but jumping yeah. and then just doing it is, is, um, I think 99.9% of the time, it's just, it's just perfect the way it is because yeah. you're just doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, 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 that's, that's my number one. And I don't know, I think um, my true, and I'm a good storyteller. So I'm big on storytelling. Um, the way I tell my message, even sharing my life story, how things unfolded. And that's pretty much, I, I mean, it's my life story. So I'm sharing parts of me hoping to ignite a fire upon the others and let them know they have the power too to rewrite their story. And so that's my, that's my message. I'm letting people know they have the power to rewrite their story. So what's, it's, it's, what's the story you love the most, you know, from the, from the, 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 all the stories you are picking for a speech, which one is like, oh, that's just my favorite story, which is like the most powerful or the most fun or the most, devastating or do you have one um well one recently i've been telling um a short one about noah and the ark you know and it's in the bible so i i i try to put that story together to let people know noah uh, i don't know if you're familiar with okay so noah and the ark that that's my story just trying to let people know can you be a Noah now? Can you be a Noah? When God gave Noah a word, he didn't give it to nobody else. Nobody else heard God getting specific instructions. Can you build your ark even if you don't see or hear the rain? Can you build your ark, Noah's, even if the village people, family and friends are laughing at you, calling you crazy and thanking you because they, they didn't hear the what God told you? And can you build your ark even if it takes years for you to see the manifestation of God. So I kind of use that and intertwine to encourage people. It's easy for any of us to do stuff when the situation is right. We all can build if we went, you know, every we've married for 30 years. We got a supportive family. We, you know, we, we went traditionally from high school to college to being on our corporate jobs. But can you build your art? brick by brick when no when everybody's laughing at you you know and so for me that's part of how I was able to to rewrite my story I was able to build my art in the midst of family and friends she's crazy she's trying to go to college she got those kids she's but I just kept building because I remember what I heard God told me and showed me and so that's just one of the stories I use analogies or examples I use to you know when I'm when I'm um, speaking yeah, I, I sure want to. Do, do you have your, your speeches on, on YouTube? Can I watch one there some, somewhere? Or is it um, like in closed, closed uh, settings? No, I, I don't have them. Um, that's why I started this year's professional where we can start. You know how you're being asked to come to women conferences and um, I never really recorded. I never, you know, so yeah, this year we're starting now recording so i, I can't love, have i would love to yes. see you in action you know <laughs> <laughs> i yes. love i love the power of and, and and it's such an interesting thing i just read an article about introverts and extroverts and that introverts on stage you don't have to be in the crowd you are on stage like it's yes. it's it's for some people it's like you're an introvert that's not true you're speaking yes. on stage yes. but it's a different angle it's like if if you're safe on stage and having a message it's not the same as being an extrovert it's not the same yeah now when i get through speaking being an introvert i don't i'm not <laughs> the energy to stick around for hours i i know i'm not that person i'm going talk and shake hands so you know because the energy as an introvert we get our time we get re-energized by being alone 
by, you know, so yeah, I'm not a person that can be at every networking event. I'm very strategic. I remember that my professor told the undergrad class that the world belongs to those who are disciplined. So during homelessness, I had to learn how to be disciplined, how to be strategic and organized. So I'm, I'm very, you know, once I've, I believe once I've done what I believe God has called me to do, I do a little networking afterwards, then I'm out of there. I'm, I just, yeah, kind of go back into my back cave until God gives me another assignment to go forth. <laughs> Uh, that the beauty is that you're so clear, you know, you're not in your cave like, oh, nobody will book me. You're like, oh, it will come. And this is, <laughs> and then it comes, right? Then Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I, put, I do my due diligence, you know, um, reaching out, make, you know, and I have a good, strong social media presence. And, you know, so, but yeah, I'm, I don't, I've learned not to panic over things now. I've learned how to enjoy the journey and trust the process. So that's why, yeah, everything is a little different. I don't, yeah, I, I just trust God. He's brought me this far. I just trust that he's going to take me where I just do my job and leave the results up to him. <laughs> yeah, I love this calmness to that. And then you just trust and then next day, yeah. next steps, what, whatever is unfolding. But you yes. are you are keeping the, the frame, you know, like the bringing in the peace and you're doing yeah. all these things. Do you have other like strategic habits or like your discipline you could share with others to to get a little bit of your magic mm -hmm. over, over to their lives? Well, yeah, one thing I would like to say is I learned how to chase purpose and not perfection. A lot of times we wait, we want to wait till the ideal situation is perfect. There will never be an ideal situation, you know? And so that's the thing I want to encourage people. You have to start now. When I, when I rode in college, we was living in a board of houses squatters. So I'm already not in a, definitely in a perfect situation. Mentally, I was halfway there hanging on by a thread. But if I had waited till the situation was perfect, and I was chasing perfection, I would never have accomplished anything that I've accomplished. I decided the best thing to do, the best thing I ever done was bet on myself. That was the best thing I could have done. Trust what God says and with how he saw me. And I just started working. I did not wait till the situation was the right. And so I want to encourage someone, chase purpose, not perfection. And when you chase perfect purpose, the situation don't have to be ordeal. You're chasing the, what you believe God, who God has created you to be. It's a different, it's a different, you, it's almost like you like free flowing water, like a river. When you're chasing purpose, it's, it's not forced. It's just free flowing. You become, I didn't decide 12 years ago, I'm going to run for office. I'm going to write books. That was not my core. I just was, became like a river. You know, I made a vow, God, if you bring me out of homelessness and hopelessness, I go back and fight for others. And so that's when I ran for city council. When you chase in purpose, your next step was almost like it will unfold itself before you. You know what I'm saying? You will become the person who, who, who you believe God has created you to be. But when I listen to you, like, stay in the flow like a river, that sounds so beautiful. And I totally know what you mean. I'm like, I live my life like that, too. But if I'm not in that place, like, yeah, don't use these analogies. I need... I need facts or, you know, like how can somebody who is not in a good place arrive at this river and, and really go with the flow or, or, or in, in this purposeful direction? Do you have some hints or tricks or, or like advice? <laughs> well, you know what, like you said, now spiritually, it, it, it was God for me. I, you know, everybody, for, I, I cannot, I was not, I don't want to just make it seem like, God did not magically change my life. I had to be a willing participant in my own deliverance. So for those who are watching, God can do the same for you. Will it be hard? Yes. First of all, we have to acknowledge anytime you're changing your mindset, it's going to be hard, especially if you've done something for a long amount of, uh, a certain amount of time. My, my thing to whoever's watching, if, you, if you're homeless, you left, just got through, went through a divorce, um, you don't know what to do because you got all these kids. First, you have to, what, what do you, I didn't know what to do. I just knew I dropped out in the 10th grade and I had to go back. Sometimes you have to go back to the last place where you gave up at. 
you know, so sometimes what, what was the last place that you gave up? And if it was dropping out of school, did you lose yourself in a marriage? Did you give up on your dreams because you had kids? Sometimes we need to go back to that place. So whoever's watching, where was the last time that you stopped believing in yourself? That's so powerful. I have, yeah. again, goosebumps all over. Yes. That's so powerful. And that's, that's it. Sometimes we think, and it's not, I think a lot of people, well, if it don't happen overnight, it did not happen overnight. So I'm encouraging somebody. Most, if you talk to any celebrity, they break through is around 10 to 12 years. I'm, it's 12 years out of my being homeless. The thing is, you have to keep sticking with it. Did I cry? I was out, I admitted myself into the hospital. I looked foolish in front of everybody. Are you willing to look crazy in front of people that's going to talk about you? In the beginning, people are not going to celebrate you. In the beginning, it's going to be hard because you're going against the grain of a, of a way you used to live, of a way you used to think. So it, that's the thing. It's almost like you're working out for the first time. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts. It hurts. I, I, if I can get past pain, maybe I can get in my routine of working out. I, now that right now, I'm weak, guys. I'm weak. That, I have not accomplished that yet because I can't get past the pain. But it's like working out. When you first working out, you're sore. And a lot of people just, I can't do this. But the ones who go on past the pain, you see the results in their body, in their lifestyle. And that's it. Can you get past the pain? Are you willing to put the work in past the pain? And when you put the work in past the pain, you will begin to see little. And I want to encourage somebody to celebrate the small steps. I didn't wait till I graduated with my bachelor's. Anytime I finish a semester, I might treat myself to an ice cream comb or a new book, whatever your device is, celebrate the small steps. Who's to say you're going to be here to see the big shebang happen to graduate? Celebrate the small steps and that will help with your confidence. Okay, I got through that semester. Okay, okay. All right, all right. I finished that semester, you know, or or I, I just took this certification. Okay, celebrate. don't compare, put your blinders on. That's what I did when I was homeless. I put my blinders on. I didn't look to the runners to the right or to the left. I put my blinders on and I kept running my race. Even if people, and, and so they helped build my confidence up over time. And how did you know which topic you choose? Like out of the million of possibilities of jobs and everything, how did you know? Because people ask me, I don't know what I want. How do I find out? How did you find out or what is your your message to those who are searching for the right the right decision you know the, the fear of failure again is so big that some people just don't decide anything because it could be wrong well that's why i think when you have rock bottom you had a good place you had a good place <laughs> all, all the way up from bottom is up you if you have lost your job If, 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 you know, if you you went through a painful divorce, the only way is up. That's why I, I you know, what I realized people going to talk about you, whether you're doing good or whether you're doing bad. You know, and the thing about people that are doing a lot of talking, they're on the sign. You rarely see people who are about their business talking about you, gossiping. They're too busy. So they, people got to think the people who's going to talk about me. Those are the ones that are too scared to get in the ring and fight. Those are the ones who are too scared. They, they to must up the courage. I'm going to try. So if I fail, I fail. But I'm going to get in this fight and I'm going to try. Just like Beyonce's song said, when she's gone, the world will know she was here. Are you willing to let the world know when your time here expired, I was here? Would the world know? Write that book. I wrote my books. I didn't have money to market. I didn't, when I wrote 12 books in a year and a half, I didn't have money to, I wasn't, a, had money to get a publisher, a publisher or a publicist or a PR person. I wrote my book, put it to the side, wrote it, whenever this it hit me, put it to the side. And here I am now 13 time published author. You got to, you, and most people already know who they are. They just scared to live it, to be who they are. If you if you're if you're a baker, be the best doggone baker you can be. You know, it, because a lot of times people miss success because they feel like, well, I'm not gonna be a celebrity. But if you're the best, if you're a baker, be the best baker you could be. If you're an author, so what if you don't hit the number one bestseller? You writing from your heart, and if it, your book touched one person's life, you've done your job. 
So it's just taking a chance and betting on yourself. Bet on yourself. That's what I did. I decided, you know what? They laughing at me. They talking about me. Nobody's helping me. But I'm the only one that was going to come and save me and my family. So you just listened to your intuition and to the, the message you got. Do you do like in prayer, you get the messages or in meditation or how do you how do you receive these messages? I tell you, this is a good interview. You are digging deep. I tell you, you know, but you are digging deep, Ronya. I tell you, this this is good. Most people, I, I like that. Um, uh, these are some good deep questions. Thank you. I decided to. Most people know who they are. You know, when you was a little kid, yo, when you was a kid, you, the person you are, that's the person, that's who you are. Whether you even even as you know, you feel like well, it's too late. I wanted to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer, but it's something about why you want to be a doctor. It's already there. It's all you just got to tap back into that power and say, you know what, doggone, I'm just gonna do this. So when I pray, I I I have got accustomed to praying and listening and and meditating, but I only move everything I do, run for city council, write books, my doctorates in leadership studies. Everything I do is intertwined together. You see what I'm saying? It's, 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 who, it's either about leadership, empowerment, or personal development. Everything I do is already who I am. I just had to let myself free enough to be like, I don't care what nobody say. I don't care if somebody accepts it, rejects it, rejects it. I don't care. I'm living my life according to how I believe. And you don't need a whoever's watching. You don't need a whole lot of people to do what God is calling you to do. You don't need to be connected to no certain group or have any certain friends. God is using my story to let people know you, God can bless who he want to bless. When he want to bless and he can elevate you, you just have to do the work. That's it. Just, just do the work. Write the book. You know, go back to school. Take up that trade. Go for that certification. You just have to say, you know what? I'm tired. I'm just going to go for it. And, and I know... It, it, it really comes down to, I'm just going to try. You owe it to yourself at least to try. You owe it to yourself to at least try. And that's what I did. I, you know, I didn't have no body to market my comic book. I had, this This is not free. You know, where I can self-publish a book on my own and the cost is minimal besides editing and getting somebody. To illustrate a comic book was not, I <laughs> Yeah, I had to put money. I had to invest in myself first. A comic book is is, is very expensive. I didn't even know that. You know, if I would have known now, I'm gonna need a sponsor. The next time I do another one, because I didn't. We talking about it can range from seven hundred dollars up into the thousands. But I knew my love for people was worth me putting whatever you know cost to create this. I want to I want to inspire people. I want a different way instead of a book or I want to bring people back to when they read a comic book and and it got a positive message in it. And so that what gave me gave me joy. You know, it, it's not about well it's not about competing. It's not about feeling like well who's going to read it? How you going to market? Do what is in your heart. And that's what I did. I just did what's in my heart and yeah. I just, I just would encourage people, like you said, joy, find the joy that's within you and go for it. One, one really the first exercise I, I give everybody is write a list of hundred things which bring you joy, you know, like everything, like drinking a cup of tea out of my favorite mug, like little, little <laughs> things. And I love like hundred, it's like, what? Hundred? Hundred? <laughs> And then you get into the flow. You see, when I read through these lists, I, it's like, then they're in spring. Like, I like, I love uh, flowers, having flowers at home or flowers outside. And then you see like, oh, sunshine on my skin. Oh, and then and then all of a sudden they switch to summer. Like, oh, swimming in a lake. Oh, and then it, it's so funny how the flow gets yes. through the list. You, you, you see the flow it's and then so. there's, they tell me like, I was at hundred before I, I like could breathe three times because it's, it, it got so easy. And, 
And then I say at least three things from this list every day. Come on, that's that's yes. worth the time and the effort. Just yes. little things and then enjoy <laughs> it. Like celebrate this tea or this coffee or whatever it is for you. So like for me, you know, I was I was standing at open graves of friends so many times when I was very young, like 17, 18, 10 years, it was funerals over funerals. And I just, I am so aware that our time could could be over any time. I want to yes. become the wise old lady and working until over 100, you know, like it's very <laughs> yeah. world. But at the same time, I know how valuable every day is. So like today's Monday, Monday, I love Monday. It's a new week, new chance, yes. new possibilities. And all the people who hate Monday, I really think, oh no, come on, please <laughs> don't throw away five days a week and and think about what, what do you want to do instead? If you hate your job so much, maybe it's a yes. waste of time. Maybe you just want to do your, your soul and heart is longing for something else. So please think about what you want. And as you, your picture with the river, I love it myself. It's, it's, it's nearly for people. It's that's too easy. How can you only go with the flow? It's like, life is hard. You have to work. And I know like put in the work, but the flow is so important. And then, and then you do things you would never have thought that that would be possible. Well, you're giving yourself permission to, to be, you're giving yourself, and that's when I light up, when you, you're giving yourself to permission, just think about when you were that little kid, everybody had these wild dreams, I'm gonna be this, children give themselves permission just to dream big, I think as adults, we, we get lost in the daily, of the daily journey of life, kids, marriage, chasing the corporate ladder, you know, dreams, and we forget to just be, we forget to, to give yourself, and I just gave myself permission to be, be free to be me. And ever since I gave myself permission, just a few years ago, it, it's an unspeakable joy that I have. It, it's, I've gave my, so when my time here is up, I know that I'm doing everything I believe God has put inside me. I'm writing every book, whether it's a New York bestseller or not, I'm writing every book that I believe God has put inside me. I'm giving myself permission to succeed, to, to, to blossom, to grow. And I think a lot of people don't give themselves permission because they're, they're too worried about, well, what if somebody don't like it? And that's where you have to get to a point. Who cares? Who cares? The people who ain't going to like what you're doing with your life are too scared to get in the ring and do something with their life. Did you have parents who taught you that, like be yourself or you had all these expectations loaded on you? Like you have to be a lawyer, otherwise you're nothing. Or how, how was mm -hmm. your childhood? I was raised in, I'm sorry. I was raised in a two parent home, but it was the latter. You had to do this if you want to be somebody, you had to do that. And the pressure was on so heavy that's how I gave up. I dropped out in 10th grade. I feel like I couldn't do nothing right. I feel like, you know, I I, I believe when the rains are too hard, too, you got to be this or, or, or go get your job. You know, they, my parents was, you know, they work at a bakery and they was factory workers. So they didn't really have big dreams and, you know, no. And so, yeah. And I just got off track early, but how, that's what I do with my kids. I gave them the freedom to be whoever they want to be. Only thing I told them, do not be a menace to society. You could be a janitor, but be the best janitor. You could be a baker, be whatever you do, do it with integrity. So I did a different right, a different route with my six children. And that's what I wanted to ask yeah. you because I think it's a very, very big accomplishment to break cycles and say, yes. okay, I do it different. Because yeah. everybody says, I don't want to turn into my mom. And then in the end, you're like, oh, no, I'm like my mom. So that's like huge. How did you or when did you decide, like, I will teach my kids a different message? Well, you know, I, I wanted to, I'm an empath. So for me, my gifts are always encouragement. I'm, I'm, I'm an encourager by nature. So my kids kind of got, 
the best. You got somebody, you can do this. I'm, if you want to go into the military, I'm proud of you. If you want to write a book, if you want to do spoken word, I think I just let them. And I thought, I'm thinking too, that they saw me live freely. They saw me, no matter who was laughing at mama, she's living her dream. She's going to run for city council. She's going to write that book. And it just opened up the floodgates for them to, now they're calling and my daughter, 19, she became a two-time published author by the time she was 16. So uh, when I became free, I think I liberated them and took the chains off of who they, who they thought they probably should be and gave them the freedom to be who they are. And the success is, I mean, I, I don't, to have six children, I've never visited the gangs. I've never had a problem with gangs, drugs, um, never had to go to the uh, jailhouse to bail nobody out. That, that's only by the grace of God. You know, but I did give them the keys to be free and 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 walk in their own freedom. Yeah, grace of God, but having you as a mama, that's a that's a big, <laughs> big key too. Yeah. Because you can tell about, yeah, you're free to what to do what you do, but you don't mean it, then it's not worth it, a penny, exactly. you know. But if it's really true and they feel it then they can, uh, they know you have their back and I can do really what I want to do. Yeah. I love that you said, if you're a, a tenator, what was, was the word? If you're a janitor, be the janitor, best. Not tenator. Janitor, yeah. like you can, you can change the life of all these people you're taking care of because you're such a kind yeah. janitor. So I love that any, any job, any position you can change any the position. world. Yes. Yeah, because everybody's needed. The janitor is needed. The cook and the restaurant is needed. Whatever you do, I just tell my kids, be people of integrity and have morals. And so I taught them out of my leadership book that I wrote for me. I, I, the examples that I use for myself, I just taught my six children leadership principles. So if my son and Marine see like, mom, having you as a mother is almost like having a real life mentor walk you I mean so we saw you going through hard times we saw you come up we saw you build so for them it was like they had a real life mentor that walked the walk with them you know so I think it, their mindset is kind of we actually saw somebody that walked the walk and then compromised to get ahead in life you know I didn't sell myself out to be with a certain guy to get more money I actually walked the walk and and lived a uh a disciplined life before my kids and so I believe that that contributed to who they are as well yeah you can talk as much as you want if you, want, you don't yeah. live it they don't they, they don't, don't it's yeah it's not going in, in <laughs> inside not. oh that's so beautiful and so powerful <laughs> I'm, speech, I'm speechless you, you know what that <laughs> But it was hard. One, I would say this one thing I did do, which probably made the journey harder. I, I didn't do, I, I made a vow. I'm going to do like my mom. I'm the oldest of three girls. I learned each one of my children's personalities and loved them according to who they were. I didn't group everybody. You know, when you're homeless or when you're going through a divorce, you want to just group everybody together. You don't. I literally paid attention to each. So I knew who I can love a little harder, who I need to be a little bit more. Oh, I can't be that way with that person. And, and so that helped too. I think a lot of times parents, we want to group all the kids together and be stern on all the kids. Well, one child like me, I'm a, I'm, I was the, the child that was easy to get my feeling hurt. So you being hard on me would crush me Well, my other sisters were more stronger. So for me, it, it, it was a lot more work um, considering what this is, but I just love, like my daughter, the one that's in the army, she started doing hair when she was 14 years old. And although we was homeless, I didn't have a lot of money. When I got a little money prop on my school stipend, I would take, I said, look, I don't have a lot of money, but I'm gonna order you some business cards. I'm gonna, I got $25, I'm gonna take you to the beauty supply store and you get all your little supplies. And so I, I was I was loving them according to who they were individually, but they all got the same love collectively. And how did you decide on that? Like, that's so powerful. Like, I love all my children the same. Yeah, no, you're not. 
because yeah. they're different persons. I'm so happy. I have one one daughter and I'm so happy that she's so snuggly because I am too. And yeah. my mother wasn't. And I was missing mm. out on hugs mm-hmm. and, and just snuggling all the time. And I'm so happy that she loves it because if she would hate it, I couldn't yeah. push that on her. That would be mm-hmm. so wrong. But now I'm lucky on that. That's just a little, you know, a little yeah. of, of our relationship. But it's so powerful if you respect the differences and don't like compare them. That's the worst, I think. Like, oh That's yeah, see, your sister yeah. can do that and you can. That's so hard on, on the children's soul. But you did it even the opposite and more. Yes. How did you know that this is so important or how did you decide? My gifts, like I said, are compassion and love. So that's why I am. And even, even when I was a little girl, I always befriended the little girl that got bullied or or those who was always like outcasted people or rejected. So my love for humans, I just I just wanted to share my just love my kids. But I just did it in a way that freed them. I said, I don't I don't know what God created you to be. All I have to do is nurture who I believe you are. When I saw your gifts come up, my daughter, she often jokes, uh, she's like, mom, see, you gave this one a little bit more tender than you gave me. I said, well, the reason that was, I would have handicapped you because you didn't need that. I say, if you, if you, if, if I'm going to bed, why would I give you a little bit more cradling, so to speak, if you're strong? I don't, I don't need to handicap you. I said, that's why you're the strong young lady you are now. I say, and I'm teaching her. So when she when she have two kids, nine and seven, so she's loving them according. I said, you can't do that. You can either hurt your children or make them enablers, depend. Or I all of my kids, by the time they was 13, they knew how to grocery shop. My I, I don't, you know, I just take them and they so my thing is I'm preparing you for life. So when my time here is up, you will know how to be responsible adults. Yeah, and I think you being an example is such, it's so much more powerful than like controlling everything. And uh, you say helicopter moms too, like, yes, like <clears throat> they have to do what I told them, like, no, let them decide yourself, themselves and, and make decisions and, and mistakes and learn. And uh, it's so like raising children is so interesting especially now it's like crazy these different opinions yeah. how you have to do it <laughs> and and I love what you say it resonates so much like let them become what what they are anyway if you yeah. if you press it down it will explode someday or it's it's crushing it's crushing if you don't let the talents and the the yeah, thing come not- out what what which is implanted in them yeah, I think as parents, it's not our job to live our lives that we didn't have the courage to do through our children. Is I don't I'm not trying to live my life through my children. I have my own life. I have the courage to be who I am, so I don't need to live. Now I was overprotective of my children. They'll tell you that if I I, I was very overprotective of them because it's just so many. I believe I used to always tell my six children. I just would protect. I mean, I I just have a thing against child molesters. Um, I have anybody that prey on children. I just despise. I I'm just honest. I mean, these are little people that can't. So I was always overprotective because I told them it's so many people who grew up with these stories of being molested or raped and by people they know. So my thing was, I felt I had a duty to protect them at all costs, and that's what I did. I protected them. When we was homeless, I, like I told them, I'm here to protect you. Um, I didn't have a lot of people watching my children. And that was because, you know, I just felt like life is already going to throw some stuff on you. The last thing you need to be doing is dealing with molestation, rape from, it just, I just have a thing about that. And, and, and so I just believe that was my job, whether a guy stayed or left, I had a duty to protect my children. Whether I got divorced and I was no longer with someone's father, I had a duty to be there. And to be so, I think I, I've probably been working, walk, walking in the mass, ma, divine masculine energy for so long because I'm the protector, I'm the provider, I'm the you know. But as a leader, if God did nothing else for me, 
to see my six children walking in leadership, I, I, I couldn't ask for nothing more. Yeah, but you did it yourself too, with the help of God. I, I believe in God too, you know, I was raised Christian okay, and, awesome. and in, a, in a beautiful way, because if it's too pushy, you push yeah, against and exactly. then you don't want to have anything of that in your life. So now I like created my own picture of the bigger force and I trust so much. Otherwise, I couldn't handle all these deaths of my of my friends. You know, if that's just a coincidence. No, come on. That's just yeah, exactly. I have to believe in a plan or I, I want to believe in a plan. But I think you have to honor your accomplishments too like in a big big way and i know you do but like a little more maybe yeah <laughs> <laughs> with with the help of all the all the the heavens the heavens forces but uh you have to do like this every evening <laughs> i do I, i i'm very grateful um i mean just 12 years ago i was a homeless woman nobody knew me but the welfare office You know, I mean, when you when I look back 12 years ago, I mean, literally, we was living in a board up house, scraping up money for hotels, living in a car, um, living in a shelter. And no, I was, and here I am 12 years later, only by the grace of God, only God can take a former homeless woman to National Mother of the Year and inspirational speaker. I just got, like I said, just got through speaking with 60 students in a college in India. Only God can do that. I mean, that I just have to give him all the glory. I didn't, I didn't have the connections. I didn't have the money. I didn't come from an influential family. So what he has done in my life in 10 to 12 years um, is, is remarkable. Yeah, but you did the you did your part, you know. You yes. didn't sit like here, like no. Come on, Bob, bring it to me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I had to do the work. I, I just he kept my mind though. I mean, that I, I can't. Sometimes I sit in awe in just complete silence. And I just, he kept my mind. You got, you, to be homeless and everybody's slamming doors. I called an auntie one time. I said, can we just sleep on your floor for one night? It was a joke. No, no, I ain't got enough room. I said, okay. My sister had won a major lawsuit. Can you just give me a hotel room for one night? No, I don't have the money. Okay. So I'm pushing. My kids are seeing people laughing at me. My kids... So the humiliation, because no one really thought, what is, I can do it. No one really thought, what the heck is she trying, you know? So the humiliation for me, it was, I, I tell you, it, working my way up from rock bottom was the hardest thing I've ever done. I'm just, I'm just, if, if God had left it up to me, I probably would have went and hid in a corner somewhere. I just gonna be honest, I, you know, but I knew I had 12 eyes watching me. I had 12 eyes watching me. So I just I just start fighting. I start fighting for, for us. And and I'm just what God has done is I, I can't thank him enough. And you just told us the only way from rock bottom is up. So um you yeah. <laughs> yes. So beautiful and so powerful. And how would your message be like today with the internet the whole the whole world can watch or listen to this podcast what is your message like message from dr latarsha holden to the world yes please the stage is yours what do you say the message is you have the power to re everything god has put inside everything god has given you to succeed is already within you It's already there. It's not from the outside. Everything you just have to tap in and, and believe in yourself and say and, and dig all you got to dig all that gunk out. And I think that's the process with the purging process. When God have us in the wilderness or in the purging, it hurts so bad because He's chipping all that mindset, the old habits and ways. But you have the power to rewrite your story. You have the power. No one is coming to save you or your family, but you and God. No one is coming to save you. You know, it is up to you to change the narrative for your life. Everybody has the power to rewrite their story. Is it going to hurt? Of course. Would you feel like giving up? Hey, I, I, I walked into a hospital one to, to in my life. I, you know, the thing is, you're going to go through so many different emotions, but never give up. 
That's the key. Never keep going. I guarantee you, if you keep going, you will begin to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Thank you so much. That was the beautiful ending of our hour long talk. And I got to know you from uh, not knowing you to now feeling <laughs> so connected. Thank you so, so much for your time and your energy and your wisdom. Dr. Latarsha Holden <laughs> from Bye. Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you so much. And I will um, see what you are still like piling up on your accomplishments in, in the future. I wish you all the best of the world. Thank you. Can I get my website if they want to get my books? Yes, please. Okay. So if you want to reach out to me for um, a speaker, a facilitator, or even to buy my books, um, anytime you buy one of my leadership or my personal life story, you will get a free autographed comic book. Um, so you can go to my website, www.drdr. Latarsha, L-A-T-A-R-S-H-A Holden, H-O-L-D-E-N. So it's www.drlatarshaholden.info, I-N-F-O. Or you can email me at latarshaholden at yahoo.com. And if you're in the States and you're ready to book a session, give me a call at 404-838-9587. We will put all these information into the show notes and into all the all the social media posts we'll do for this episode for sure that everybody can find you easily with one click. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much, Latarsha. Have a Thank wonderful day me. and bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. If you liked this episode, I look forward to a review from you and it would be so nice to hear from you what you liked best and what is your takeaway and maybe it sparked some idea. You really are surprised to, to have this idea now and you can go and create joy for your life. And please tell me about it. I would love to hear from you. My contact details, you will find them in the show notes. Have a wonderful day.